The Nationals have a lot of money tied up with Kiebert Ruiz, who actually just had a very solid 2023 season. But is he going to be the one to break out in 2024? I guess we'll have to see. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Clary. You can catch me over on Twitter at RyanClary11 and as well as the show page at LO underscore Nationals. For all your latest Nationals news and notes, just make sure to search Locked On Nationals there. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers Get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins, visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Later on in the show today, we will be kind of talking about the MLB draft lottery that is slated for December 5th at the winter meetings for Major League Baseball. What's going to happen? Where will the Nationals end up selecting? We'll talk about that a little bit later. Also, Today's going to be a lot about the catcher position because I think this is an intriguing position for this Nationals team. And right now, the backup catcher being Riley Adams, he was a very good catcher in the year of 2023, broke his haymate bone. Where does he fit in the picture in 2024 and beyond? We're going to kind of discuss that and get into what he could be doing later in the show today. But let's start off with Kiebert Ruiz because Kiebert Ruiz signs that big extension Right before the opening day here of 2023, everyone was excited about it because this is something that the Nationals really haven't done over the course of the last decade plus. They haven't really been extending their star players, their big-time core players outside of Steven Strasburg, Ryan Zimmerman, and guys like that. Other than that, hasn't really been all too many guys that we could say that for. But Kiba Ruiz entering this year, Number one, we all kind of had these very high expectations for Kiebert Ruiz, and I think that's probably what it should be, by the way. Kiebert Ruiz is a big-time talent. Now, it hasn't always been consistent with him. We've talked about pockets of stretches where Kiebert Ruiz has like a 930 OPS over the course of a couple of weeks, and then the next month, he'll just kind of fall off and have like a 530 OPS, not really hitting for his power, not really getting on base at the rate that we want him to see. But other than that, over the course of 162 games and over the season, Kiba Ruiz had a good year. He improved in a lot of different categories. There's a lot of different things. Coming off his first full entire MLB season in 2022, he wasn't all that impressive his rookie season. His numbers were decent. We saw the potential. And we also saw the advanced analytics with them. Kiba Ruiz in 2022 was one of the most unluckiest hitters in all of baseball. Now going to 2023, a lot of people thought that was going to turn his luck the other way around and hopefully get some better luck just because how is that going to happen? How is it going to happen that he's going to be this unlucky guy for two years straight? Well, it kind of happened again with Kiber Ruiz, unfortunately there. But even then, Kiber Ruiz, he still had a solid season, having a 717 OPS, a 409 slug, hitting 
eight home, 18 home runs, rather, 67 RBIs. And most importantly, Kiba Ruiz, he is amongst the league's best when it comes to his strikeout rate. Only striking out 58 times compared to striking out 50 times in the year of 2022. That's where Kiba Ruiz sticks out the most. His little plate discipline, you could say, but even just his strikeout rate, he's going to get the ball in play. Simple put, that is what it is. And when you talk about catchers, a lot of the time, these guys, you know, they have to put hitting on the back burner. You don't, you're not seeing these massive catchers who are coming up hitting for power every single time. Adley Rutschman, that's why he's Adley Rutschman and in his own category here. That's why name that catcher over the years past. That's why they're in their own category. So when it comes to offensive production with catchers, the bar is set a little bit lower than really what the major league average should be as far as position players go. But Kiba Ruiz, you can say what you want about him. I think Kiba Ruiz in the 2023 year that he had, I would consider it a success because here's the thing with Kiba. He was this power hitting catcher who was also a very solid defensive catcher. And we didn't really get to see all too much of that in 2022. Only hitting seven home runs, 36 RBIs in that season. Also compared to 18 home runs and 67 RBIs in 2023. That is the obvious improvement that you want to see. Now, is that going to be his ceiling? Is this what he's going to be? Truthfully said, I think Kiba Ruiz has a little bit more power left in him. I think there's a potential for Kiba Ruiz to maybe be in that 20-25 home run range come 2024. So is this going to be the year where he takes that next jump and maybe even becomes an all-star caliber catcher? I think this is the year where it's going to have to take that next step. Now, offensively, that's where I think he's going to take the biggest jump. Now, here's the thing with Kiebert, though. His defensive metrics were among some of the worst in baseball, not just the National League, but in all of baseball. Because his blocks above average over on Baseball Savant sat in the 6th percentile. His framing sat in the 3rd percentile. His pop time sat in the 4th percentile. His caught ceiling above average was in the first percentile. All of those things are bottom barrel of Major League Baseball. And honestly, that is not what I expected from Kiber Ruiz this year. That's not what I expected whatsoever because he was touted to be a very solid defensive catcher with someone who has above average skills behind the plate. But when you're among some of the league's worst, that is kind of when the alarms sound off a little bit. That is kind of when you can get and start to question Kiber Ruiz as the prospect as a whole. But also, on the other hand of it, I think last year defensively, hopefully was just maybe some of the pitching staff flaws that we had. Maybe it was. Because here's the thing with his numbers and the pop time and the framing. that The framing is the one that's really concerning for me because I think that is the difference between a good catcher and a great catcher. Can you take that ball that may be an inch off the plate and turn that thing into a strike? That's the difference in a lot of different scenarios here. Baseball is a game of inches after all. And if Kiba Ruiz, if he can't do that, like the rest of Major League Baseball seems to can, or at least do it at the rate of at least an average MLB catcher, then I think that is when issues start to come in here. Now, is it some huge issue that it's going to be with Kiba Ruiz defensively throughout his career? I don't necessarily believe that. In fact, I don't believe it whatsoever. But when you have a two-second pop time, that is when you're like, eh. For a major league catcher, for someone who's going to be your quote-unquote franchise catcher, that is a little bit eye-popping to say the least. 
But going into 2024, here's the thing. He's going to improve defensively. And you may ask, well, why do you believe that? Well, number one, there's only one way to go up from here. He's either going to stay the same, which is not all that great defensively, which he was this year, or he's going to take that next step up, continue to improve. And I also think the pitching staff and making some improvements will also probably help him just a little bit as well. There's a lot of different outcomes here with Key Bear Ruiz. Because number one, he's going to be here for the next, what, eight, nine years at this point. So we're going to have him, and he's going to be an impact player here, hopefully. But the gist of it is, how good can he be? And how good will he be? Because in my opinion, he's going to have his breakout season in 2024. I truly do believe in that. But in what cases will he kind of break out in? Will it be a little bit more power? Will it be getting on base a little bit more? Will it be drawing more walks and being a little more selective at the plate? Because I think that is where Kiba Ruiz is probably going to be throughout his career. He's always going to be that guy who could kind of turn it on. He's going to always have the potential to be an all-star caliber shortstop. But it's also, he's got to find this flat line and stay consistent over time. Because again, his defense in 2022 was honestly way more impressive than what it was last year. And in fact, that's what a lot of people kind of looked at and raved about with Kiebert Ruiz. His offense production in 2022 wasn't all that great, but even then you saw the potential. You saw why he was raved about as a prospect back with the Dodgers system. But now going forward, you're going to have to figure out a way in order to have both those things kind of marry each other and hopefully propel propel yourself into being an all-star shortstop. There's a lot of different scenarios that could happen, but I truly do believe that 2024 is going to be a key season. And in fact, the Nationals and their offense and really their defense, their pitching staff, they're going to need that from key Ruiz because he, he's got the extension, which is a very team-friendly deal, by the way. So he's going to have to take advantage of all the things that come his way in order to maybe take that next step up, which is what we all want to see. Thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, check us out over on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals and as well as YouTube. Just search Locked On Nationals there. Make sure to hit that subscriber button for all your latest Nationals news and notes. This is where you will be part of the Locked On Podcast Network where it's your team every day day now let's tell you guys about well we're going to tell you about riley adams here coming up next obviously because riley adams damn good baseball player over the fact of this year the power numbers that he showed all the different things that were wildly impressive with riley adams what are we going to do with him because you got to do something with him when you hit the ball like the way that he did over the course of this last season you're going to have to find a way to get in some playing time here. So what should the Nationals do? And is there a case to be maybe a platoon kind of catcher situation with Key Bear Ruiz and Riley Adams? We'll discuss that after I tell you guys about our friends at FanDuel. And as the weather, weather gets colder, the NFL offers to stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action because the app is so easy to use and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Like last night, 
with the Seahawks and the Cowboys. I told you guys to do the Seahawks plus nine and a half. Going into this week, the Commanders are playing the Dolphins. Come on, Dolphins money line. It's that easy. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season because FanDuel, they're the official partner of the NFL. Now we get back into it as Riley Adams, Nationals backup catcher as of now, is the backup catcher. But what we all know, Riley Adams was wildly impressive over the last, really, season and a half for this Nationals team. 2022 is a little bit of a disaster for him. But even then, I've always kind of liked the prospect of Riley Adams. You trade him away. You trade Brad Hand back in 2021. And you get Riley Adams in return. Not many people knew what to expect from Riley Adams. Because at that moment in time, you also are going to have T-Bear Ruiz in the system. He's going to be your catcher of the future. So what's going to happen with Riley Adams? Well, in 2022... Wasn't all that great. Got sent down to AAA, and they were like, we're going to have him work over at first base because right now we don't really have any long-term solution when it comes to the first base position. You have Josh Bell, but even then, he's a free agent after 2022. What are we going to do? Well, Riley Adams was the answer for a little portion of this season. First base, let's kind of start with that because that is the talk around Riley Adams. You look at him, and it's like, this guy's a first baseman. He's big. He's got this just huge architect to him. You kind of just look at him and say, this guy's not a catcher. He's going to be a first baseman. Well, they've tried that out with Riley Adams when they sent him down to AAA Rochester. They said he was going to work over at first base, which he did. He did get some innings over there down in AAA, but wasn't all that effective. And then once came 2023, it was just, he's the backup catcher. That's what he is. He never played first base in the major leagues. And at this moment, it doesn't seem likely whatsoever. Now, he broke his haymate bone over the summer here, which kind of sat him out for the rest of the season. Now, where do we stand with him? What do you do with someone who, number one, hits for power? Number one, had a very good season defensively. And also, was just a well-rounded baseball player with his OPS plus up amongst some of the best as far as backup catchers go. Riley Adams was really impressive, but what do you do with him now? Because again, this is like a good problem to have. I'd much rather have this issue than on the other hand, where you're wondering who's going to be the catcher and who's going to be the better catcher. You have two good, solid options in-house here with Bear as well as Riley Adams. But how can you maximize those two guys? Well, you can't obviously start both those catchers just every other night. That's not the way it's going to work. Kiber Ruiz is set to be your long-term catcher. So what can you do with Riley Adams? There's multiple different roads that, and really paths that you can go down here. But the path that I would like to see them explore is, again, going back to that first base route. Going back and trying to see if he can figure out what goes on over at first base. Because when you have someone who hit the way that he did, and especially a solid, good clubhouse guy from everything that we can understand, you want to have him on the field some way, somehow. And when you have the power of Riley Adams, we talk about just kind of the position offensive control here a lot on today's Locked On National. We talked about it a lot on the past shows as well. When you are a first baseman, I need you to have some power. That is why Dominic Smith did not work out here is because he did not have power at a consistent rate. 
He only hit a handful of home runs over 162 games. And that's just not going to cut it when you're playing a very touted offensive position, especially in the National League. You need to have some sort of offensive production. So Riley Adams obviously checks that box right then and there if he were to continue on the rate that he was this last season. Now, I'd expect that to plateau a little bit over 2024. I'd expect to kind of come back down to earth. But even then, the potential for Riley Adams to be a 20 home run guy, it's there. It's just got to be coming in more opportunities. The Nationals, they have to find ways to get him more at-bats, whether that be coming in to pinch hit, to designate hit, or to play over at first base. That is what I would do for this Nationals team. At this moment in time, you have no long-term option when it comes to first base. You have no one in the system. You have no one that, at least at this point, is looking like you're going to sign. I'm sure Reese Hoskins could be definitely a fix here over at first base. But at this moment in time, I'm going to act as if they're not going to go after Reese Hoskins. So going forward with Riley Adams, what do you do? You have to find ways to get him at bats. You have to find ways to get your best batters in the batter's box. Simple as that. So if it's going to be a workaround over at first base just to get him more at bats, I'm all right with that. If it's going to take a little bit of time to have him understand the defensive analytics and everything behind that and the fundamentals of playing first base, I'm all right with that. Because again, offense is really what drives this league. And defense, of course, it does matter. We saw the better defense and the way more improved defense over 2023 compared to 2022, and it helped everything. It helped the pitchers. It helped just the team as a whole. It's good. It's part of baseball. You need to play good defense. But if you're willing to give Riley Adams just maybe just maybe a month or two to try to figure it out, give him all the reps in spring training, try to get this guy to understand the position a little bit more, If he is as smart and as touted as he is defensively, the way that I think he is, then I think he should be able to pick that up. The only concerning thing when it comes to this is that, well, they tried this in 2022 and seem to have just forgotten that they tried this overall. Because it would have made a lot of sense to have Riley Adams in multiple scenarios going up against left-handed pitchers playing first base this year and replace Dominic Smith at times that just never really happened and you could say well maybe they just don't feel comfortable with them yet maybe they need to see a little bit more reps but even then when you're major league baseball you're gonna have to find ways to balance these things out because I can tell you this there's a lot of guys out there amongst baseball that are awful fielders that they'll say we'll take his offense over his defense and we'll just suck up the rest I think the Nationals should probably be in that conversation when it comes to Riley Adams going over to first base. Now, I feel like I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth here because I like Dominic Smith's defense. And this time last year when we signed Dominic Smith, I was just kind of like, what are we doing? This makes no sense. He's not good offensively. He's very good defensively. But even then, what's going to be the value? I saw it this year. It makes sense. So I do want to see some compromise when it comes to a defensive first baseman. But I think Riley Adams... If you were to just give him a shot, what's the least that could happen? He's bad defensively over at first base. Cool. Joey Manessis was too. The years past, Josh Bell was too. We've had poor defensive first baseman. And how many games or how many plays per game will that impact? 
And when you say bad defensively, what is it? Can he not do a scoop over at first base? Can he not pick a baseball? Maybe. But even then, with your hand-eye coordination as a catcher, I feel like that transition over to first base may not be as hard as we all think. I think if the Nationals were to actually give that a try and give him out there and have him get all these innings under his belt, maybe have him start in AAA and see what he does at at first base again. Because he's coming off a Haymate injury in which is pretty effective when it comes to your swinging and power and all those things at the plate. Maybe it'll just kind of help him transition over to first base a little bit more, in which it would leave a little bit of a hole as their backup catcher. But I think the Nationals like Drew Milas enough in order to give him a shot because Drew Milas, he was pretty damn good in his limited time as well. He showed some solid defensive stuff. He showed a little bit of power at the plate as well, hit some for some average, and really just got on base. I think the Nationals, they could be in a solid position moving forward, having three reliable catchers, in my opinion. But what are you going to do with Riley Adams? Well, put him over at first base or just have him be a DH. Because when you have a bat like that and the power that he does, Riley Moose Adams is what I call him, then I think you could find somewhere in the infield or just in the batting lineup, get him out there and hopefully have him hit some home runs. How about that? I say we do it. Locked on Nationals. Thank you all for making us your first listen every single day. Of course, Nationals. And I'm not just Nationals fans. All sports fans. You can check out Locked On has launched a new 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Again, search Locked On, Locked On Sports Today and hit that subscriber button. And while you're at it, while you're at it, search YouTube, Make sure to subscribe to Locked on Nationals. Next, let's get into the MLB draft lottery because the Nationals, they had one of the worst records in all of baseball this year, but that doesn't mean anymore that they're going to be picking inside the top five. I'll discuss that later on. Now we get back into it as the MLB draft lottery is set for December 5th, but... As we know, second year of the MLB draft lottery, it really kind of hosed the Nationals last year, having a second overall pick when they should have easily had the first overall pick, considering they were the worst team in baseball in the year of 2022. But Washington, we're ineligible for this year's lottery draft because of the payor clubs. Clubs that give rather than receive revenue sharing dollars are not allowed to be selected in consecutive lotteries. That is from Jonathan Mayo of MLB.com. And I hate this, by the way. I hate the MLB draft lottery. I think it's really dumb. And in fact, with this scenario, the Nationals, they have they are not going to pick anything better than 10th overall. In fact, the only way that they'd select lower than that, if all four clubs that finished the worst record are not selected in the lottery, and the chances of that are less than 0.03%. So here, sitting here right now, I'm just going to take a wild guess. The Nationals, and it's not a wild guess, by the way. I hope you can see I'm being sarcastic here. They're going to be picking 10th overall. That's fine. But even then, the MLB draft lottery, what a joke it is. What a joke that draft lotteries in general are. You see the NBA draft lottery. The NFL doesn't do it. 
And now you see as to why teams can really kind of bounce back and forth really easily. Well, baseball, they're trying to make it harder. And again, baseball is a little bit more unique than basketball and football, considering that you're going to have a couple more years until you make it to the majors for at least a lot of those prospects. But still, it sucks. Like, it just doesn't feel right that you are going to be penalized for being bad. Like, yeah, okay, maybe you don't spend a lot of money, and that's kind of the reason as to why they're doing this, because teams like the Orioles have taken advantage of this, and teams like the Pirates have taken advantage of this and have picked in the top five forever for what it seems like. But still, it does not seem right. It does not seem right to penalize bad teams in baseball. It doesn't feel right to penalize bad teams, especially at this rate. When you're the fifth worst team in baseball, give us the fifth overall pick. Simple as that. It doesn't have to be this hard, thought-out equation that Rob Manfred is saying, we got to stop this, and this is the way we're going to do it, is implement this MLB draft lottery. No. You're just making the poor more poor. And the teams that are maybe a little bit more rich, maybe they're taking the next steps up, they're going to benefit off this. They're the ones who are jumping in the draft lotteries now. Now the Nationals, they've got no shot at picking number one overall. They have no shot of picking fifth overall. They're going to be picking 10th overall, in which it's fine. You better hit on the draft because, again, you can find talent in the draft, but it's just dumb, in my opinion. So the MLB draft lottery is coming. There's really no point in watching for Nationals fans because, again, you're going to be picking 10th overall. That's at least where we sit today. I would expect that's where we sit probably tomorrow as well. So we'll just have to see when that time comes. But of course, it is Friday, so I will talk to you guys on Monday. You enjoy your weekend. Enjoy some off-season nats. Enjoy this podcast, hopefully. Maybe not. Whatever it is. Thank you all for making it your first listen every single day. I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Have a good one.